You're listening to The Zeitgeist, a podcast focused on Germany, the United States, and the transatlantic relationship. Join us as we discuss economics, politics, security, and more. I'm Jeff Rafke, president of the American Institute for Contemporary German Studies at Johns Hopkins University. The United States, along with Germany and many U.S. allies, have been at war in Afghanistan for 18 years. It's the longest-running military operation in either country's history. In those nearly two decades since the U.S.-led coalition toppled the Taliban, Afghanistan has had dramatic impacts on both the United States and Germany. The U.S.-led intervention, of course, emerged out of self-defense after the terrorist attacks on American soil on September 11, 2001. The German government declared its unconditional solidarity with the U.S. after the attacks, and soon thereafter authorized nearly 4,000 German troops to join the U.S. operation. The war has created a legacy in both countries. The U.S. is accustomed to using force in extreme circumstances to confront security threats and challenges. So there are many ways we try to address the consequences of the conflict and memorialize it in the public consciousness. Federal programs to care for and support veterans, public attention through military recognitions and awards, and most recently, legislation to build a global war on terrorism memorial. At the same time, public support for the ongoing U.S. deployment in Afghanistan is waning. Some refer to Afghanistan and Iraq as forever wars, which encapsulates the problem. There are limits to what U.S. power can achieve. But regardless of those doubts, the U.S. public is overwhelmingly supportive of soldiers, sailors, and airmen deployed abroad, no matter how individual Americans feel about the particular policy. It is a part of the rituals honoring those sacrifices, as we hear in this 2009 clip of President Obama presenting the Medal of Honor to Marine Sergeant Dakota Meyer for his gallantry in Afghanistan. Every member of our team is as important as the other. That's a lesson that we all have to remember as citizens and as a nation as we meet the tests of our time here at home and around the world. Uh, to our Marines, to all our men and women in uniform, uh, to our fellow Americans, let us always be faithful. And as we prepare for the reading of the citation, let me say, God bless you, Dakota. God bless our Marines and all who serve. And God bless the United States of America. Semper Fi. For Germany, meanwhile, the engagement in Afghanistan is a development unique in its post-war history. The country is not used to sending large numbers of soldiers into situations where there may be combat or loss of life. How German society and politics understands and memorializes these actions is also a new challenge. There's a general public reluctance to support interventions abroad, and in Germany's political system, leaders have repeatedly had to justify the country's involvement in military operations. We hear now Chancellor Angela Merkel in a 2015 speech to the Bundestag before a vote on prolonging the German deployment in Afghanistan. Dieses Mandat ist über jeden vernünftigen völkerrechtlichen oder verfassungsrechtlichen Zweifel erhaben. Es ruht auf den Resolutionen des Sicherheitsrates der Vereinten Nationen. Es ist unverändert gültig. For the non-German speakers, she says, quote, this mandate is beyond any reasonable doubt from the perspective of international law or the Constitution. It is based on resolutions of the UN Security Council, and it remains valid. How does Germany memorialize its experience in Afghanistan? 
the soldiers who have fought and in some cases died there, the leaders who have tried to achieve German, NATO, and international objectives, and the public in whose name this is undertaken. And what does that memory say about German society, its media, and the political system? That's been the focus of research by Dr. Axel Heck from the University of Kiel. He has been a visiting scholar at AICGS this summer as part of our relationship with the German Academic Exchange Service. On this episode of the Zeitgeist, we talk with Dr. Heck about how the conflict has shaped political discourse in Germany and the lasting impact it will have. We're here today on the Zeitgeist with Dr. Axel Heck from the uh, University of Kiel. Uh, and uh, Axel, he's, you've been with us for uh, about three months uh, now, and uh, you've been working on the question of collective memory of the Afghanistan war. Now, you're the expert on this, so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the thing I find interesting about your topic is that it ad- addresses how the experience of the Afghan war affects us, our society, our political decisions, our public opinion. It seems to me that perhaps the biggest impact on Germany's collective memory uh, has been, of course, the Second World War. Uh, so maybe we could start there. How, do you, how does that affect the views of Germans on conflict, on the role of the military, and on international relations? Yes, uh, thank you very much for having me here. Um, When we are talking about the Second World War, the collective memory on the Second World War in Germany, we we can differentiate between the individual memory, for example, people like my father or my parents have, and they remember American soldiers handing out candy, and a collective memory which started in the 50s, 60s, when people were more thinking of the Second World War as a war where Germany was defeated. Mm -hmm. And there is a date in the 1980s, exactly it was the May May the 8th of 1985, when then federal president uh, Richard von Weizsäcker held a speech where he was talking about the end of the Second World War, not as a day of defeat, but as a day of liberation. Mm-hmm. And so this is one date, one specific date, when collective memory in Germany has changed fundamentally, that people start to think of the Second World War as a war where Germany was not defeated, but liberated. And, well, I think that's an important point, that collective memory um, is mutable. It can change, and it can change as a result of a... Um, a poignant speech or of some external um, I- events. Um, and, and if I can jump from there to the, the thing you've been researching um, in recent months here, and that is the Afghanistan war, certainly from the perspective of, of the United States, and I was a U.S. government official for, for most of, uh, of that, uh, that time, um, I think there's an overwhelming sense in the United States that the war in Afghanistan was necessary, um, but also that it has exposed, in a way, the limits of U.S. power, um, the ambitious goals that we had uh, shortly after the uh, the toppling of the Taliban uh, have proved to be unachievable. Um, and and so some people today focus on that, on those limits, you know, w- what we cannot do. On the other hand, I think there are people who argue persuasively that this is 
a just a reminder of the price of American leadership. If you want to influence the world around you, uh, there will be um, situations like this where you have to engage, even if you don't fully achieve all of your all of your outcomes. Um, yeah. So, does the, but how how is that uh, in your uh, in your Absol- perspective? Absolutely, uh, Jeff. I, I would agree. And from my experience, from talking to people in the United States, on official practitioners, experts on the war in Afghanistan. First of all, we have to. Uh, Afghanistan war is considered as a legitimate and justified reaction to the attacks of September 11. So, and I think this is a very strong narrative. And so Afghanistan war is always coupled to the attacks of of, uh, 9-11. Another thing you you already brought up, it is a necessary war, a war the United States wanted or had to fight in in self-defense, if you will, because the United States was attacked and the attacks were prepared in Afghanistan and by Al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. Mm, on the limits of American power, well, we have to mm, think or we have to um, remind um, people that the Afghanistan war took a curve. At the beginning, it was quite easy to overthrow the Taliban regime and to get al-Qaeda out of Afghanistan. Mm, but And the United States then, uh, under uh, the Bush administration, shifted its focus to, to Iraq. And, and put all the resources to Iraq, and, and Afghanistan became kind of a forgotten war because uh, the United States maybe overestimated the capabilities of NATO members uh, to take over responsibility and to take over uh, the lead in Afghanistan, and this did definitely not work out. So the Taliban uh, came back and al-Qaeda came back, and then um, the situation deteriorated, and Afghanistan became kind of counterinsurgency. The West had to face a situation of an insurgency in Afghanistan, and the counterinsurgency measures had to be taken. This was definitely something the German public was not prepared of, and the German public was not aware of that shift in the mission. We still believe that our soldiers are in Afghanistan to help the women and to build schools and infrastructure and and have this uh, civilian military cooperation but uh, we were not aware of the fact that we are fighting a war mm-hmm. but but that perception um, in Germany changed pretty rapidly um, and and I wanted to walk through three uh, of the incidents that I th- that you've identified as pivotal um, f- in Germany's experience in Afghanistan, so m- maybe I'll name uh, I'll name them each b- briefly and let you talk about what was happening and why it was significant. The first one is 2009 September, Kunduz. Yes, in September 2009, in especially on on the third September September 2009, there were. Um, two fuel trucks uh, on their way to the Kunduz uh, camp of the German uh, soldiers, and and they were captured by insurgent fighters on their way. And the insurgents tried to cross the Kunduz River, and the trucks got struck on on, this, on a sandbank uh, fully loaded with fuel. 
And the situation in the, in the German camp was that um, they didn't really know, okay, what's going to happen now? And there were U.S. airplanes in the air, and they were observing uh, the situation on the sandbank, and they re were in close report, in close co um, communication with the German camp and, and Colonel Klein in the German camp, who uh, who was the commander at that time. And the problem was that. On that sandbank, not only Taliban or insurgent fighters were at the scene, as the German Germans probably uh, uh, thought, as the Colonel Klein probably thought, but there were also villagers from from nearby villages and, and civilians coming coming to the scene and taking away away the fuel. Can, can I interrupt you there? Yes. So, so what was so what was the fear? You know, what 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 was the, the what was uh, Colonel Klein uh, worried about um, with these stranded uh, uh, tankers? The fear was that um, the German soldiers, or especially German, um, Colonel Klein, expected an attack by the insurgents using this fuel. Uh, as rolling bombs. There were reports that the insurgents were trying to get the fuel on smaller pickup trucks, and they expected that they used these pickup trucks as rolling bombs to attack the German camp, as the insurgent fighters did just a couple of weeks ago in, in the Canadian sector, using the same method. So the playbook was was quite open or was quite it was quite clear what could ha what could happen at least to the german to the german soldiers to to uh, colonel klein in that situation mm -hmm. and so he ordered um, the two jet fighters uh, us jet fighters who were at the scene and and uh, to to bomb this uh, to bomb the fuel trucks and to kill uh, the people uh, on the sandbank and to destroy the trucks and uh, the uh, American soldiers in, in the planes, the jet fighter pilots, they were very hesitant to do that and to carry out that order. And they offered uh, Colonel Klein to fly a show of force and to disperse the crowd. And w to without, without firing. Without um, firing, fly low just fly low scare and, and scare people away, and then to destroy the, the, the fuel trucks. But... As far as we know, and the, the protocols, the communication protocols um, between the chat fighter pilots and Colonel uh, Klein, they were leaked to the Spiegel and a couple of weeks um, uh, later. And so what we know is that uh, Colonel Klein um, refused the show of force and, and uh, ordered to drop the bombs. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, approximately 140 people were dead, and many civilians and even kids among them. And and, and I remember uh, at the time, as as I'm sure you do, and so many of our German listeners would, um, that there was outrage uh, in Germany um, when it turned out that uh, that German forces were involved in the deaths of about 140 people. Yeah, the, the German public, um, of course, there was an, was, was an outcry, and, and uh, some politicians called this an, an, an a war crime. And But there is another reaction, and people, especially closer affiliated to the military, to the Bundeswehr, would say, okay, but uh, we have to keep in mind that Colonel Klein uh, wanted to protect the troops, and uh, he might have expected an, a, an attack by, by the insurgent fighters, and so it was covered by international law uh, what he did, and it was not a war crime, although it might, the, the, the outcome was tragic in the, in, in the end, but 
he is definitely not a murderer, he is not a killer, he did not intend to kill civilians in, in that situation. But um, there were also critical voices in, in, in the public uh, who said, okay, we have to reconsider our engagement completely because what we are now facing here is a war situation or as uh, um, then Defense Secretary Zuckutenberg said, they are in, we are in a warlike situation or well, warlike conditions in Afghanistan. And so I would say Kunduz, September uh, 2009, was a game changer in and, our... And this to, penetrated... Uh, to almost every corner of German public consciousness, yes. I think it's fair to say. Absolutely. Um, and so, uh, so then let's let's take the second incident um, that you've focused on in your research, uh, Isakel, um, two thousand and ten. Where where is Isakel? Isakel is a province in south uh, in the Kunduz province, it's south of Kunduz, and it is an area where uh, German power troopers uh, were sent to get. Uh, to clear the area from IED device, or from uh, IEDs. Do I have yep. to explain IEDs? No, no. no I think no, I think okay. it's it and has penetrated the American consciousness, unfortunately. Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I guess so. In, in Germany, it's, it's the same thing. And they were ambushed um, by uh, insurgent fighters, uh, Taliban and uh, Uzbekian mercenaries, and uh, they were outnumbered and they um, were caught in the most um, deadly firefight for German. Uh, soldiers since the Second World War. And finally, uh, three German soldiers were killed, and uh, I think 11 uh, were injured, and uh, even more would have been killed or injured if um, not the American, if the American soldiers who were at the scene uh, did not help to get them out, to get the, the wounded soldiers out. And, and um, they, we had some American Black Hawk uh, crew who was uh, flying under fire into the hot landing zone to get the German soldiers uh, out of the scene. And uh, this was a very remarkable uh, situation and, and I think a very important um, incident of uh, German and American military cooperation. And finally, uh, the American crew, the Black Hawk crew, was awarded uh, with a high medal uh, of honor for their valor and and for their for their duty. So so this you know the the perhaps the biggest firefight uh, German forces had been involved in since the end of the Second World War, as as you said. Um, how how did this impact uh, Germany? Was this as wide as widely understood, for example, as the Kunduz uh, airstrike, um, or uh, what, what, what sort of effect did that yeah. have? The effect of uh, what we call the Karfreitagsgefecht was, uh, or in, in, in a broader... Uh, the, good, the Good Friday. The Good Friday battle. is, uh, yeah, in German it's Karfreitag, is a, is a high Catholic uh, um, celebration day. And um, it from that day on, uh, even Chancellor um, Merkel uh, spoke of Afghanistan as a war. And in, in the wake of the Karfreitag, the Good Friday fight or the Karfreitagsgefecht, um, uh, even the broader the public, the broader public um, was aware of that we are fighting a war here and it is not just a stabilizing or humanitarian mission. We are, are fighting a fully-fledged war and, and we have to face a situation. And if, if there is a good thing about it is that um, uh, the German soldiers uh, got new equipment uh, they demanded for a long time. For example, uh, the 
uh, tank howitzer 2000 was transferred to Afghanistan and and things like that. So the German equipment, um, uh, the German soldiers got a better equipment uh, to face the situation they were in. So a sobering reality um, in the German public that uh, whatever the uh, origins of their engagement in Afghanistan, they were now involved in a... um, at least in part in yeah. combat operations. A couple of days later, two weeks later, uh, four and another four German uh, soldiers were killed in April 2010. And so this was the end of all illusions. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Isakel, a second time, um, about a half a year later. Uh, so tell me, tell me what, uh, what the story is uh, there in this third instance. In June 2010, mm, General uh, uh, David Petraeus uh, took over the command from his predecessor, um, um, uh, Stanley McChrystal, and he uh, pushed further into this idea of fighting a counterinsurgency. And so in November, in late October 2010, early November 2010, um, the German soldiers uh, were in charge of uh, this conducting a counterinsurgency operation in, in the same area in Isakiel and 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 they the the, the command here or, or the, the um, was to build an outpost an outpost in that region and they did it they went in with uh, in support of american troops and belgian troops and yeah we were they were facing a critical situation they um German soldiers were under fire for four days, and but finally they they did it, and with help from the American uh, from American soldiers and the close air support of the Americans, uh, they expelled the Taliban forces and insurgent fighters from that region, and they could build the outpost and and uh, and hold the area, and finally uh, build up infrastructure, and still today. Operation Halmasak is considered a role model for a successful counterinsurgency operation. It was very well prepared and it was very professionally professionally carried out. And um, so German soldiers are very proud of um, of that uh, operation. I remember, you know, it was a month or two ago when you were um, closer to the start of your time here, and uh, and we were talking about this uh, operation, and you mentioned Operation Halmazag, and I had to ask which operation was that, um, and and I think you know. Not, I'm not trying to flatter myself, but certainly I followed uh, the developments in the Afghan conflict uh, fairly closely, especially at that time. And I think that reflects the the difficulty um, to focus on all the pieces of a military operation, and especially to celebrate a success. But tell me, uh, do people do people in Germany know about that success in the, uh, or is it that overwhelmed by the negative? Uh, developments and the setbacks. Mm, I was not aware of uh, Operation Halmazak until 2012 or 2013. Uh, first of all, there is a book uh, by Johannes Clare, one of the uh, specialists who was, enga- was involved there, and he wrote a book about his experiences uh, four days in November. And um, so, f- 
over that book, I, I was aware, I became aware of that something happened in in Afghanistan, and there was this operation, but it was not covered. When it when it uh, ha- um, took place, it was not covered uh, broadly by the German by the German news. It was uh, largely unknown by the German broader public. Uh, I would say if we look at all these three incidents, that Halmazak is uh, these, the operation which has the least media coverage and, and uh, is not in a broader public, people would not know uh, what, what was it all about. It's a different story when you talk to soldiers. I think that most German soldiers would be familiar with, with Halmazak and, and, uh, and know about it. Uh, for the Black Friday, mm, I would say it's a Similar story. People in the in the in the army they uh, frequently remember uh, the the Good Friday or the Karfreitagsgefecht, and they remember their soldiers, uh, their comrades who were killed and 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 wounded. And we had this American uh, German cooperation, and this is something which is I think very present in at least in the Bundeswehr. Not so much in the in the broader public, but in the Bundeswehr. In the broader public, of course, it. Kundus 2009, the airstrike, is still very present. And uh, I think this is, the, for the German public, um, that incident uh, which, is, which will always be remembered and associated to the war in Afghanistan, to, to our deployment. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, so, so the, the most catastrophic or the, the incident with the greatest loss of life um, is the one that has put down roots in the collective consciousness, um, but it is also the uh, you know the oldest in this uh, in in these three stories of conflict and German response and um, and success or failure. Um, so uh, you know mm-hmm. you 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 talked in another part of um, of your your work about collective memory but also collective amnesia um, do you think that's a, a an apt uh, description for the state of of German public thinking about Afghanistan I think in Germany um, which brings us back to to our experience and and we've talked about at the beginning the Second World War uh, German public uh, still, it's it's not easy in German in the German public to talk about war and war experiences, and we still uh, have a very critical perspective on war, and we have a strong anti-militarist uh, consent in our in our society uh, due to to our historic. Um, uh, experiences and and it's not just the Second World War. We also have to talk about the First World War and and Holocaust and and so yeah, it is it is a package for German public to talk about these things. Mm, when it comes to Afghanistan and the Kunduz airstrike, mm, well, in, 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 if you if you put it that way, it's kind of avoiding avoidance strategy in, in, in the broader public to talk about these things and to acknowledge uh, that we are engaged in a war and and that it takes uh, incidents like Kundus um, that people in a broader public become aware of what's actually going to happen. Um, the collective amnesia has something to do, and I think it's not. In, in the United States, is a similar issue. Uh, foreign policy is not at, to- at the top of our agenda. It's 
most things about internal affairs and and our healthcare system and 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 taxes and economy but it's not about it's not too much about foreign policy and international involvement so there is this kind of um avoidance to get in involved with, with these things and and so uh, i think it has to do with with that uh, and and i think you know as as you've said you know there because of the the deep um, uh, and lasting impact uh, of the of the kunduz incident uh, where german forces were responsible for the loss of civilian life um, uh, whether the decisions were justified or unjustified yeah. as you described very well um, what do you think the effect of this will be on uh, on future decisions how does that shape the environment in which a German chancellor or a German defense minister or other senior official will have to make decisions about uh, using force, um, about uh, how Germany's foreign policy should take shape. My guess is that an incident like Kunduz will always be brought up when it comes to the question whether German Germany should deploy its forces. And the critics will always uh, point to Kunduz and say, look what happens when Germany goes to war. And we have to be prepared for that because what, what happened in Kunduz is something which uh, might, happen all, might happen all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, it is an incident um, which will bro- be brought up. I'm, I'm absolutely sure about that. And so this is a kind of... Mm. So we have to deal with that, and we have to be, be prepared. And, and German politicians have to have to find an answer for that. And uh, so my guess is, when it comes to future deployment of uh, of the German forces, um, well, there were some mistakes make, made in in, Af- in the Afghanistan war. Uh, first of all, um, the German public was not really aware of what was what was happening um, people were told not the fully were not uh, told the fully story the full story um, and I think so that might be a reason why German uh, why the German public uh, will react very hesitant uh, when it comes to the question to deploy forces mm-hmm. and and you, you know as as we were talking about earlier um, today, the you know, there are, there may be a counterexample because you have German forces that have uh, that are deployed in Lithuania um, as part of an uh, operation that let's face it is there to deter Russia yes. uh, from any kind of military aggression against against NATO. Yes. So um, how do you how do you bring those things together? Is that a situation where the public was uh, had a better understanding of the purpose um, and was better informed, or how do you see a distinction there? I think that the German public is not really um, here again. It's not really aware of the situation, and uh, it's the same story with Mali. Uh, when you would ask in a broader public, where uh, is our German forces at the moment uh, deployed, and on, on the, uh, the people would say, "I have no idea." And, uh, and in Lithuania, and in the, um, it's a very, situ- a very difficult situation because, um, well, 
if you would ask a German people, uh, how would you react in a situation when Russia attacks and Russia crosses the border? What's going to happen then? Mm-hmm. And then German forces are in, in, a, in a war fighting with, with Russian troops. And I think that the German public, the broader public, has not really thought about that question, what that might mm-hmm. mean. Right. And uh, so, yeah. Well, and that's, uh, I think, uh, that, that underscores the importance that uh, political uh, leaders uh, and elected representatives uh, have to uh, grapple with, with these decisions, uh, do their best to inform the public, but um, at a minimum to, to reach decisions that will um, have the prospect of success uh, and then be able to explain Uh, and advocate for them um, uh, whenever needed. So, um, uh, Axel, it's been it's been really great to have this discussion uh, with you today. I want to thank you for the research you've done here in the United States and that you will continue to do. Do you want to tell us anything about what we should look for from uh, from you? Uh, where where is your research going to take you next mm, in this field? My research um, things I have done here. Uh, I'm preparing a larger project on collective memory in the Afghanistan war, and I hope that I get funding uh, from the German Research uh, Council and on German Research Foundation on that. And so when I return, I will uh, put... Well, hopefully they're listening to this podcast and it'll make their decision even easier. Um, But uh, I want to thank you and uh, wish you all the best, and we look forward to keeping in touch with you um, as your career uh, advances and uh, perhaps to talking again sometime on the Zeitgeist or uh, anywhere else. So thanks for being here. And I want to thank our listeners and uh, we will look forward to being with you again on the next episode of the Zeitgeist. Thanks for listening to the Zeitgeist, a podcast produced by the American Institute for Contemporary German Studies at Johns Hopkins University. Send us your feedback by email to info at AICGS.org or catch us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at AICGS. Don't forget to check out AICGS.org for more information from today's episode. Auf Wiederhören!